Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Halleck. And it's just us in the studio today. It's been a long time since we've done this. Yes, we consider this a treat. We hope that all of you listening out there consider it a treat, too. Because <laughs> we quite like this uh, working out of whatever space our life happens to be in, in the moment. And the, the challenges that we're coping with and opportunities we're finding in those mm-hmm. challenges and all of that is, is actually fun for us. And we figure if it's topical, it's going to be fun for all of you out there, too, that it'll have something meaningful in it. We engage in some real-time critical thinking and, and thoughtful thinking. And around, reframing and, around, and validating. and Around stuff we're, yeah. we're wrestling with in the moment. Mm-hmm. So today, as we were, uh, as I was heading on my way over to see Luca, I was thinking about, well, what, what, what's been maybe the... The thorn that's stuck out. It doesn't necessarily have to be a painful one, but just no. what's been cropping what's, up a what's lot. What's noticeable. Yeah, over the last little while. And um, I've had an insane month. It's It's been one of those months where, I mean, it's good. It's good. Oh, very good, but a lot packed in there. S- and extremely challenging on me physically and mentally um, for the external good that I've needed to keep up on. Um, it, it's just been one of those times, one of those points in my life where things that I have asked for, I've prepared for, I've um, called in, you prayed could say, for. prayed for, all of this, <laughs> they all came like at once, boom, like literally... What did they Major. say? Be careful what you ask for, because yeah. you'll get it. Yeah, and so I mean, one of my one of my mottos, my values that I try to live by, one of them is um, constant vigilance, which is basically the the knowing within myself that if I've been asking for something and I'm really clear about what it is that I want, it may show up unexpectedly, and I have to be ready to say yes and to grab it and to step into it in that moment in order to really fulfill what it is I've been asking for. And yeah. it may be it may show up in a slightly unexpected way or an unexpected yeah. time. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, and with multiple things at once, it was a lot to deal with, but also very good because very, very clear that this is the right path. But mm-hmm. all of these things are exactly what was, you know, should happen, doing things I should be doing, should not in the shooting sense but in the i know this is for me i know this is for now well, it's a reminder right that we that we need to be prepared right yes and sometimes yeah. the preparation i mean you can't always do all the preparations well there's advance. different kinds of prepared but yeah. prepared in the sense of if you ask for something this is the thing i talk about with my clients if you ask for something then hold your hands out and be ready to catch it right because if you ask well it's the outfielder thing right if you're yeah. an outfielder don't stand in the outfield with your hands in your pockets because you won't catch the ball and you're out there to catch the ball so if we're asking for something like you were asking for this the, your blossom co-housing yeah. project to happen mm-hmm. then and another you need to be ready for it to happen yeah another side project work for me that was something yep. i wanted and yeah, it all came through at once. Um, and in the squeezy parts, because it can be really squeezy. Like squeezy. Oh, man. Squeezy is just the biggest word right now this last month where everything feels tight, 
right? Time is too tight. My energy is not enough. My attention span is not enough. My brain capacity is not enough. The stuff has fallen off the edges. Everything's just squeezy. It's like it's just it, it's it's I'm trying to pull through through so much within yeah. within all these things that are finite because I'm still in a human body even though my spirit may feel fantastically huge, you know I've got these finite hey, resources <laughs> yeah, to live with or to work with. So in that squeezy spot, I'm not necessarily showing up with as much. Uh, uh, well, the same resources, energy, brain, time, uh, balance, you could even say, uh, intention, as I maybe would if I had more time, more space around any of these things. And so I end up feeling like I'm not giving my best. Now, I know I'm giving my all. So what if we reframed it? <laughs> of course we are. And said, <laughs> That's why we're here. well... It came together, it all came together in that configuration because that is the best configuration. And that what if you're not supposed to do it all with your brain and that's why your brain gets foggy around it? Or that that this is, that there's an opportunity buried in all of this or maybe even floating on the top to to navigate it with grace yes. because we want to talk about grace today this is and we should probably talk about what we mean by grace well and we're figuring it out and yeah. one of the reasons why i thought this is where we could where we could kind of explore today is because i find myself frequently saying in person or in text to either my support people or people who are expecting things of me that I'm maybe not delivering the way that I thought I could or intended based on, again, those finite resources that I'm working with and the squeeziness of everything. And I find that a phrase I keep using is, thank you so much for being gracious. Thank you for your grace. Um, And I'm saying that to people a lot, but there's a, there's a, there is a feeling of, beholdenness and a feeling of guilt. being small yes and heaviness mm-hmm. i don't re- yeah i guess guilt is there guilt because you it because if you could do it the way you would prefer to do it yeah. you would be able to come through on all the levels that you always offer to people right right it's right. like an open offer if right. you need anything let me know right. and then now they're needing something and they're letting you know but you have right. I can't necessarily fulfill the order. I can do no. some. Well, not the way not the way you usually did. Maybe yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So that's where it's. I mean, again, when I, I mean, I'm trying to give myself grace. It is a daily exercise where I look, you know, take the step back and look back, and I know, oh man, I mean, I'm throwing everything I got at all of this, yeah. not just outwards. I'm also trying very hard to make sure that I hold the boundaries where necessary so that I can replenish myself because otherwise, I mean, again, I am a finite resource. I am in this physical body with a brain that goes into brain fog sometimes. So it has limited capacity within, you know, whatever, the arc of a day or a week. And I, if I don't refill that, I know that I will not be useful again. So I have to I'm trying to make sure that I attend to all of those pieces. Yeah. But mm. so Grace was so bringing Grace. up this idea of uh slavery. Mm. And because a lot of the the songs from that time were about slavery, right? Well, and and about grace. Like that slavery era stuff had a lot to say about grace. So we're of course the first song when we 
we, whenever we're going to talk about a topic, Luca and I know we have to find music to to match yeah. with it. And of course, yeah. the very first song that comes to mind when you think of Grace is going to be amazing, amazing Grace. Grace. And so this is where the comment of, you know, this song is tied to the age of slavery back in the 1700s when well, it was then first. Then we had a revelation about that, didn't we? Yes, we did. So um, it, just so that everybody can catch up with our thought process that we've already been, you know, mulling this around before we mm-hmm. got into the studio. So I'll tweet out um, a link to the uh, Wikipedia page around Amazing Grace because at first I was thinking that the song was... Um, I, I couldn't remember the legacy. My partner Uta sent over the link and the suggestion of the song, which we thought of, but then we decided not to play it because we were like, ah, it's so common, everybody knows it. But then again, we do need to touch and in Why on is it. it so common? It's because it yeah. touches everybody. Yeah. So the origins of the song um, were the person who wrote it had been a slave trafficker. I'm going to use that word trafficking because this mm-hmm. is the language we use nowadays. Mm-hmm. We used to say slave trader, mm-hmm. but really, he was picking up because that implies legitimacy, and there was none. Yes, trade yeah. sort of implies consent. Who was mm-hmm. where was the trade? Trade was not between mm-hmm. all consenting parties. Mm-hmm. So this was a human trafficker. Bottom line, it was for mm-hmm. the slave um, economy. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to use the word trade. That doesn't feel nope. honorable to me right now. And so he picked up human beings that were not consenting to be a part of this, moved them to another part of the world where they were sold for money to be uh, used as indentured servants for work that uh, people who were free men didn't want to do, basically. Lifelong. Lifelong. And generations down. Basically, there you go. This is now it. So this man who wrote the song, let me grab his name again real quickly, written by John Newton. Um, English poet and Anglican clergyman, clergyman, I think, by the end of his life, not when his earlier part of his life. And so he wrote this uh, after he had an epiphany at sea, where he almost died, and he cried out to God, and he he was saved. Uh, But then he kept slaving for a few years after that, and it was He didn't get it on the first go-round. Didn't get it all. No. Didn't get it all. And, uh, but did eventually um, segue out of that. And I, Luca and I were talking about how, you know, this connects slavery and grace. We were thinking about the lyrics and, and you know, imagining this um, from the perspective of a slave. And then we realized we can't, this is not, this is not right for us. It's not appropriate for us to even seek to try to um, equate or equi- find empathy, sympathy in our brains, mm-hmm. meaning like that we could actually comprehend what this would have been like for those who were in the slave trade. However, it is very, very close to home to then go back to the person of John Newton and the fact that there was human trafficking, which was very fueled by the colonial attitude of the world, capitalistic attitude of the world. And we are sitting in Canada, which is a nation that has been, has through its colonial practices, and currently we are facing some of the, the, you could call them the squeezy parts, were some of the consequences of those colonial um, actions of our ancestors, which we are most, that's where we can really identify if we look at it. Um, and that's, you know, if we look at the Wet'suwet'en and the, the um, land defenders who are at work right now, standing up for um, their role as stewards of their land, of their territory, they are, uh, they are on their unceded lands, and Canada is seeking to impose its its will. And unceded means no treaties. There's no treaties, no treaties. No, no nothing treaties. was ag- no, yeah. no nothing was agreed. There was no consent, mm-hmm. and even the idea of of the um, uh, those the the chiefs 
uh, band council chiefs who have said yes um, to the pipeline projects. It's That's the, the idea gas pipeline of, for anybody who's listening from somewhere else. Right. It's yep. you know there's there's a there's a conversation to be had, very important one to be had around what does it look like when you're said, okay, we can put this pipeline through your land and you can get this money so which you can use for infrastructure in na- in in um, nations first nations where there is a, dis- a massive lack of infrastructure because mm-hmm. we have ignored um, the needs of the people and and not only ignored we have actively worked against them yeah. and dismantled their generational methods of self-sustenance and they are living with the consequences of our actions around that. So they have sovereignty over their land. And we want to put the pipeline through. And we're like, okay, so take you can take some money. We're going to do this anyways. You can have some money or you can not. Now, what kind of a choice is that? Right? It's sort of, it's like when you, if you do that with a, with a, with a child, you, yeah. it's not even, yeah. it's not honorable. It's yeah. not a real Short-term choice. Short-term gain of, of something. Yeah. And and it's so if you take the step back and to say okay what would you actually choose if you had full freedom of choice and well there are is evidence there around what they would choose, anyways I bring this up because I would like to acknowledge that even as we sit here up on Burnaby Mountain we are broadcasting from the unceded ancestral territory of the Coquitlam the Musqueam the Squamish and the Tsleil-Waututh, and as settlers Luca and I are in constant process of of learning how to. Realign our understandings, our perspectives, our priorities in acknowledgement of this reality of we live in a nation of colonizers where First Nations folks are seeking reconciliation but restoration as well mm-hmm. and and a way forward and a way forward because they're all the people I've talked to are very conscious of the fact that they don't have all the answers any more than we have all the answers, but that we're all finding our way forward together. Uh, But they've been on this land for much longer than we have. And, you know, back to the theme of of grace, it's very easy to walk almost anywhere in Vancouver and to find signs of support, literal signs, cafes written up in the walls, out front, in placards inside. Um, individuals, conversation tends to, at least in the circles that I run in, well, I have to admit that, mm. um, very aware social justice conversations that are very supportive and acknowledging of what it is the Wet'suwet'en are seeking to highlight through their blockades that they are currently doing. And I feel like this is where a lot of people are seeking to hold grace around this needs this is gnarly and this needs to be addressed this needs to be moved forward (laughs) the blockades are ironically a way to move something else that is stuck forward and yet i take a look back you know when i take a step back and i start looking at the news that comes out across the country very black and white and it's not it does not have the same perspective it's very Mm -hmm. again colonial centered yep and this is this is this is impacting me. Yep. <laughs> really, that's basically yep. what it is. This is impacting me. Well, and, and not a lot of discussion of the process, work. right? Because I think the process here and the honoring of the process, the way in which we come to these decisions is as important as the um, what we're trying to push through and the, and the, the goal, the ultimate goal of um, 
of creating uh, wealth for everybody concerned and to have enough um, natural resources to keep our economy ticking along. Mm -hmm. But we're also looking at resources that are becoming outmoded um, in, Again, in light finite of finite resources. They're finite resources, and and also, this is a this this is a a sovereign nation, and we we don't just have to honor their input and their decisions when we like their the mm, outcome, but right. also when we don't like the outcome, right? Or when whoever the we is, because. When I've been asked about this, I've said, you know, I think we have to engage with the sovereign nation and 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 get everything out on the table and talk about it. But and they say, well, we don't have time for that. Well, I think we don't have time not to do that. Yeah. Uh, the whole point is we haven't taken the time before now. And because so, we haven't, now we're where we are right now. Yes, yes. And I think there's something about grace in this that grace to me is often associated with time and space to when you have the grace the grace of time to be able to really give your full attention to something to research it to hear all the voices to not rush the voices uh, to not put them under pressure in order to uh, get a get a particular outcome and serve a, a, the needs of a particular constituency that's and that's something I think that all the all the First Nations that are with with whom I've had interaction have a, a very different concept of time than the colonial concept of time. And I'm coming more and more to appreciate this idea of taking time and space when it's needed to to um, make sure that everyone's been heard and that you have found the best way forward mm. um, before you. You run forward into something that it might is, have to be then undone later on. It is so hard to put the brakes on yes. when it is urgent and important. And yeah. I have been encountering this a lot over the last month as well. When time is so pressured and there are so many important, really important things that need to be attended to, it feels really counterintuitive to say, I'm going to slow down. I'm yeah. going to take some space. I'm yeah. going to sleep. I'm going to restore myself. I'm going to look at this again with on the other side I'm going side to bring my best rested self to yeah. the table in the and morning. I'm just going to introduce yeah. some time. Mm -hmm. And this has been a really interesting experiment, a deliberate, engaging experiment for me this last month because there's been a couple of times when I didn't take the time the results didn't match what I wanted. It just made some more gnarliness. And then there were more. And, and then because I encountered that gnarliness, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I needed to slow way down again, even though it was still really pressured. But I did the w slow way down. And it made things move faster in a different way. Yes. In fact, you can you have to slow down to go faster in a in a, it is, in a weird way. Yeah, it is a strange thing. It's it's um, it's a dichotomy, but it can co it can and does coexist. Yes, and I think it's it is a challenge right now, to 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 engage in that an important challenge that we need to as individuals. Well, and start and looking as a at things as seven generations. If you're looking at seven generations, two weeks extra to do something is right. not a lot. Right. right? So 
to play with time here, yes, we need to insert that you're <laughs> listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And today we're talking to one another. And, and our topic of conversation today is grace. And we're kind of unpacking what we mean by that term as we go along. Mm-hmm. And we're also sharing some of the links to some of the ideas that we've been talking about on Twitter. And our handle on Twitter is EssentialConv, which is Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. So you can join us on Twitter. And that stays up on our Twitter feed, so you can always go back and look at it again later. And we've, all of our shows are on there. So if you missed the show last week or the yeah. week before, you can still go on and find some of our links to see what juicy good have been coming out of the show in the last little while. So while we're talking about the uh, dichotomy, going slow to go fast, again, you can't engage, you can't go slow with the view of I'm doing this to go fast. It's one of those things where you go slow because you have to see what it is you're not seeing. You have to allow for time, which allows the space for the things which are happening that are not just about you and about the other person, because there's always more at work allows for the information that is beyond what you're aware of to come forward, whatever that looks like. This is one of those things. It's like you don't know what you don't know. But when you create a little space by going slow because you you realize that you're moving fast and you're being hasty. This is where the word hasty comes through, right? We don't use that word very much except for when we're saying we're going fast and it's compromising. Then we say it's hasty. Don't be too hasty. Yes. Yeah, but haste. Make haste means just, you know, you know, gird your loins, get on with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this dichotomy, um, I feel like I want to use that as a springboard to introduce the first song that okay. I've got here. So we've got, um, thinking about grace, of course, again, we thought about Amazing Grace. There's so many songs about grace. I decided to grab a couple that were maybe not the ones that you might think of. Although, if you're Canadian, you probably do think of this one. So I've got the Tragically Hips Grace 2. I took a few minutes to just dig in because I I love this song. But I was like, I don't know that I really know what it's talking about. What is the meaning? And we're looking at it through another lens, so we want to see it, see if it fits for that lens, right? Which makes us see it there's in a different way. Gord Downey the, and the band has not actually given a, a concise or cohesive uh, why this, what this song means. They haven't done that. They've given space for us to interpret. And some people interpret it as it's um, a John talking to a prostituted person who is um, uh, being a little resistant and this John is sort of being persuasive. Uh, but there seems to be much more here than that. And I'm thinking if we listen to this song through the lens of what we were just talking about in terms of um, making offers to people that are not really... They're pseudo-offers. Pseudo-offers. It's like, okay, would you like to be between a rock and a hard place or just a rock and And a a slightly less hard place? (laughs) It's not really a full-on choice of like, well, what else would you choose if you could choose anything? Um, It's the illusion of choice. There's a line in here that that seems to refer to pull to pull from uh, war language. So the secret rules of engagement are hard to endorse when the appearance of conflict meets the appearance of force. And there, that line, Gord Downey did talk about, and he was saying this. This is an allusion to language that comes out during times of war, and it's basically. You know, just double speak, double speak and rationalizing the end results are people are dying. People are being killed. And I thought this feels appropriate for the conflict that we're seeing on the lands 
up what's written. So the appearance of conflict meets the appearance of force. The idea that the force is showing up because there's conflict, but there's conflict because there's force. Where does this begin? And the beginning is in the roots of our history, the settler history with the First Nations of this land. So with that in mind, how about we listen to Grace 2, and we will be back in the studio in just a few minutes to talk a little bit more about Grace. And by all means, shoot us a message on Twitter if you feel like you've got something you want to add to this conversation, perspective about Grace or a resource or something you'd like to point us through that we could share with everybody. You're welcome to do that. So find us at Essential Conv, that's Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. And here's Tragically Hip, Grace 2.
And we are Luca and Rebecca with Essential Conversations. We just listened to our first song choice for today, which was the tragically hip Grace 2. And we had urged everyone to perhaps listen to it with through the lens of imagining the uh, land defenders and the RCMP and the not so clear choice around would you like a pipeline and money or would you like a pipeline and no money and what that means in an area where there are people who are have sovereignty over their land that is not being respected is not being honored and they have been living in some dire straits for a long time as a direct result of the colonizing impacts of the actions of this nation and my my people settlers um while we were on break there i was just mentioning um I was just feeling so sad about how Gord Downey had to, had to leave us so soon mm. and how he really sought to use his power to support issues that he became aware of or increased his awareness of as his life went on uh, around First Nations, especially around residential schools and the impacts and the stories of the children who, who were lost in many ways to uh, to the history. And generations that were lost because that you, when you injure one generation, that injury yeah. passes down for and many I, generations. I realize when I say the history, I mean like the mm-hmm. public history of The public Canada, history like the, of it, yeah. Not yeah. the history of the families no. that no, they no, belonged no, no, to. No. That, that was never lost. Um, I want to draw a little bit of a line back to, we were mentioning Amazing Grace, we were mentioning the the author of that, uh, John Newton, and how he had been a slave uh, trafficker, and he left that life behind, and he went into the Anglican faith, and this song ended up becoming emblematic of his awareness of his sins, and of his need to access the grace to be able to move forward um, in, a, in a good way with his life. And I want to draw a bit of a parallel over to us Canadians as colonizers right now, because I think perhaps a part of what we need to engage in on an individual and as a societal whole with the state of First Nations affairs and the hand that us as a colonial faction had in creating the state of affairs that they are still living and dealing with on an intimate family, cultural, societal level. It's not just their problem. It's not a they, them over their problem because if we had a hand in creating it, then... Now, we may not find ourselves, it may be hard for us to find a personal direct link. I was not born here. Neither of my parents are Canadian. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm I'm British by heritage. I'm American on the other side. Like My ancestors are the colonists, so I do still have a direct link to the essence of it. And I I feel like it's an important exercise for me to consider (laughs) Accessing some of this grace, <laughs> an amazing grace around this bigger issue. Uh, there's a humility that needs to be accessed or needs to be turned to in order to be able to acknowledge that we need some grace. There is, um, there is a, a catalog of sins that is very real 
that the impacts of which are are happening right now that I may not have done personally, but that it will not be made right if I do not access this grace and take on some of this and say, okay, so how do we start making this better? Yeah, I think I think it comes around to healing things, right? You 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 can't change your behavior until you discover that the way you have been behaving or your culture has been ha- behaved um, historically isn't working, mm-hmm. or is is not working significantly enough that it needs to be reviewed. And if you shame yourself, it's not actually useful. It's more useful to say right. this doesn't work any. This doesn't right. work. It didn't work then. Um, at least it didn't work for the community. It only it only worked for the people in the community who had enough power to make it work. It's not like even all British people benefited. They, you know, it was the wealthy that benefited mm-hmm. from this. The the royalty, the the um, those people involved well, in the commerce of it that had the most evident benefits. Evident, we, yes, because there's a trickle down in there, right? We are still yeah. benefiting yeah. from it. Yeah, and I think that's where you know, just it's very easy for us. We're having a lot of conversation right now uh, on our societal level about the disparity between the very wealthy, mm. the ridiculously wealthy, and the average Joe. And that feels, I think everybody's comfortable enough talking about that and saying, yeah. Uh, that's but we don't a, identify in, ourselves as the ridiculously wealthy, right? We identify ourselves as the average, average Joe, Joe, no matter how much money we earn. Because really, even the, even the wealthy of our you know, moderate class that's down here is still holds no candle to the Amazon and the, the Bloomberg and whatever. Um, and we, we do have a sense that, yes, this is absolutely out of proportion. It is not okay. This is completely wonky and if we want to be making progress as a society we have to address that we're really looking at the same thing yeah with the what, microcosm with what macrocosm the, yeah, yeah. Yep. um it's just that we are in the position of holding a vast amount of privilege that we are so used to that we do not it, we're it's, it's the water invisible in which, to us the, it's the water in which we swim we have no concept of its power until we uh, we just don't. And so this is where, um, you know, and we may consider ourselves to be very good stewards of what it is we're given. I'm pretty sure that the that the multi-bajillionaires also consider themselves to be very good stewards of all this power and influence that they have. But from the outside, we're looking at it saying, you just shouldn't have that much power. It's just imbalanced. And that's really what's going on here is it's yeah. imbalanced. We're being yeah. informed. This is imbalanced. You can see the results. When you look at uh, life on reservations where there's no clean drinking water, there's no infrastructure for schools and for social care, where suicide rates are high, where um, uh, violence within relationships and homes, etc., the legacy of the violence that was um, uh, bestowed upon Imposed. them through the residential schools and, and just a cultural, in deeply embedded racism that we have in our, in our country still existent today. The power is imbalanced, and yeah. we're being informed the power is imbalanced by being hit where it hurts by feeling stopped. Yes, in our tracks. Yeah, sometimes quite literally in our car and and, and blocked economically, goods. right? Because mm-hmm. we think that this this in this case it happens to be natural gas, 
um, that that if we don't have access to it, it's going to impact us on an economic level. Yes. Right. Which yeah. means that we would lose some of our privilege. Right. Exactly. Which we don't see as privilege. We just see it as our we normal only, life. Yeah. We, it, it, we take it for granted as this is just yeah. as it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not perceive it as power until it starts to be. What is it they say? Um, uh, equality feels like oppression. To the, pri- to the privileged. I'm not saying that right. I know I don't have the quote right, but I think the essence of it is there. Yeah, somebody said to me once that everybody believes in in um, socialism oh. until until the money's being taken out of their pocket and put it in, in put into someone else's, and then they don't think that socialism's such a great idea anymore. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, I just said the quote backwards. Mm-hmm. I just did a quick Google. Yeah, like, yeah. I know I yeah. did this wrong. So it's, it's it's I just did it backwards. To the privileged, mm-hmm. equality is oppression because it's yep. a re-leveling of the yes. field. So if you've yes. had more, yes, it does mean that some is taken mm-hmm. away. It doesn't mean that there is just less overall. It means that there were rebalancing. Uh, yeah, okay, it's painful, but just like when you're, you're splitting stuff up between your kids and somebody has more than the other, like it still does, it's still okay. <laughs> and I think if you're, a, if you're a person who has more money than you can ever spend in a lifetime... How much of an imbalance is it if somebody takes 5% of it away and puts it somewhere else? And I'm thinking about this, the whole idea of grace. How do we, how do we gracefully level this, re-level this, right? And and it's, it's reviewing it, right? We're taking a new view of it. We're, we're looking at the picture in a different way. And saying, is this really serving our community? Not just me as an individual, but how is this serving my community? And if my community doesn't work, how does that affect me? How many fences do I have to live behind? How many walls? How many alarms do I have to have? How big an armored car do I have to drive around in if, if, if my community isn't healthy? Mm. And with that level of imbalance in the community, I don't think we can have healthy communities. And I don't think it matters if it's on the level of a village or the level of the planet. And so how do we bring grace into, into this? Because if we, if we see it as a war, it will have casualties. Right. And the language that's being used around this in the media and, and, and by all the people who are sitting down to talk about this, not all the people, but, uh, but many of the groups, certainly the ones that are being reported on, it's, it's adversarial language. Yes. And yeah. that puts the, the people who are defending their sovereignty into a position of having to defend themselves against accusations of behavior that is deemed to be indefensible right that's and that's not that, going to that's not going to help any anything the appearance of conflict yeah meets the appearance yes exactly of force. so so how do we and, and and i think shame comes into this right we you can't shame people and expect things to unfold with grace right you 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 can't yeah. so it doesn't matter how wrong someone is shame is going to leave such scars and such wounds that it will be much harder for them to see it in another way. But there has to be enough incentive to to review this, to put a new frame on the picture, 
and it, uh, because if there isn't enough incentive, then they're not going to give up their pr- their position of privilege. There's no there's no reason for them to look at it any differently. So, when you spoke about community and you talked about gates mm. and that that's a sign that there's not a healthy community, how much mm. do you have to protect mm. your mm. your zone? Uh, you were hitting on, I think where where I need to go next, which is this is about relationship. Yeah. Um. You know, each of us can challenge ourselves. Do we have relationship, real relationship, friendship-based relationship, open conversation relationship with mm-hmm. folks on both sides of this of and the respectful issue? Re- yes. relationship where we mm-hmm. view them as an equal, where we view them as a human that is experiencing a real thing, where we can listen to what they are experiencing mm-hmm. and take time, slow mm-hmm. down, to really hear this and and both ways because again. That's where we can uh, um, avoid the shame trap, which yeah. is like a shortcut, tried away to get people to do what we want them to do. And instead engage in what's really happening here and how do we get at the roots? How yeah. do we nurture this back to health? And, and what is healthy relationship? How and, do I want to live with other people in my community day in and day out? And, and when you were saying, you know, how do we distribute gracefully? Um, it, we, we've all had situations where we have a conversation, well, maybe we don't all, but many of us have had the the situations where we've engaged in conversation with somebody that we frequently would encounter, perhaps a homeless person, perhaps a family that's in dire need, whatever. And we've built that relationship because we know that person. Now we have an inkling of their story. We feel much more balanced and confident in making an offer of something that we have in our privilege that we think might be... uh, Even um, listening, just listening to them. Yeah. And, And... but this is where this is where the rebalancing this is the doorway through which the rebalancing comes in is through relationship and rapport are we um, are we ready for our next song we absolutely are i was just about to say i think it's time for it mm-hmm. so we've got elbows grace grace under pressure and it's simple lyrics it's got that soothingness which is what we often think of when it comes to grace something gentle something like a balm mm-hmm. but this is a, a song that builds in its intensity and at the very end i didn't even know what the last set of lyrics were until i read them and i'm not, there's actually a swear in there but i can't even hear it when i listen to it so <laughs> see if you can find it but it's it's basically saying the crowd is the audience is chanting at the end we still believe in love so f you <laughs> and there's there's a defiance there of we will have relationship we will invest in each other yes. we will choose and invest to in our community together. yes right so here we go elbow mm-hmm. grace under pressure while we think about grace
This is Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We just listened to our second chong, song choice, chong choice for today. <laughs> Spoonerism. <laughs> Which is uh, Elbow's Grace Under Pressure. A defiant, slow-building dedication. It's of, gentle defiance. Yes. Uh, dedication to the pursuance of relationship and grace under pressure, I think that might be a really good anthem right now for our country. Yeah, we still believe in as love. We find, as we find our way through. Um, and that's on a country level, myself on a personal level. Grace under pressure, what does this look like for me right now? It, it means asking for space. And I, I hope that people who know me well know that I'm showing up as best as I can with what I can contribute, knowing that I have many pulls and commitments on me. And but it's, a, it's a ascribing the best intentions to you, right. right? We talked about this a little earlier about about how there's grace in someone assuming the best of us. Yeah. And that and that we're doing the best we can with what we have in the moment. Right. And that we would do better yeah. if we could. You might be able to help us do better or right. or you might not be able to. It might just but be... just your believing that that's not the totality of who mm -hmm. I am and that I'm a that I'm a person in development all the time. Right. And the application of time and space. I like this yeah. phraseology. Yeah. You know, uh, honoring someone who may be in a squeezy spot, and that's me right now, with time and space, that these things can set things aright and can allow things to come through. And then for myself, the application of grace in not expecting my own self to become somehow magically an infinitely resourced human body and brain that... There are f limits and that I, you know, to hold space for my own filling and to keep my family as a priority is important because if I do not, there is no one else to do those things for me. So one of the things that we've had ever since we met one another, so this has been a number of years mm. now, is that we we remind ourselves, we remind one another of that biggest way that we might have of showing up in the world yeah and that we are more than just a, a a little speck of dust in in the universe and sometimes that we are a speck of dust in the universe right that we're we're not so important um like we think we are that we think we could we could stop every truck um and then there are other times when we when we underestimate ourselves but when somebody comes to us and says you you do have what it takes to deal with this. Mm -hmm. You you may not feel like you do right now, but you do. You do have infinite resources. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're not availing yourself of all those resources. Sometimes I think we need to turn this idea of grace back in on ourselves and say, maybe I need to give myself the grace of a night's sleep. Or maybe I need to accept when someone offers me something instead of saying, no, no, no. My knee-jerk reaction is, no, no, I'll f I'm fine. I'll, I'll 
I'll I'll manage. Mm-hmm. That's a very English thing to say. I'll manage, right? <laughs> right. It comes down through my heritage. That's also it's, a very independent outlook that is not honoring yeah. of the fact that community is available. Uh, sometimes community can be slow to mm-hmm. recognize that they're needed. Um, and, you know, but it is available there. So And it's right now, this is a leap year on the Gregorian calendar. So tomorrow we have an extra day. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it, it is, but it isn't, right? It's a, but it's the 29th of February, and we only get the 29th of February every four years. But it also shows me how arbitrary our um, view of time and space is. Because we have to adjust it every four years because it gets out of whack. So our concept of time has, we forget that our calendar has been uh, re-squished and redefined many times in history. Mm-hmm. And, and that it isn't as um, nailed down and definitive as we think it is. Right. Uh, yes, the sun rises in the morning and it sets at night, uh, depending on, I mean, no matter what the weather's doing. But, but uh, sometimes I think it pays us to um, play with stretching time a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. Especially when we don't think we have the grace of time. Um, so, yes, there's some times where you need to take time to invest time to make a better decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think also we can we can treat time as if it were malleable. <laughs> and what would we do with it if it were malleable? Right. Mm-hmm. If we could if we could stretch it because children do like for <laughs> children, a day seems incredibly long, mm. um, maybe longer than it does for an adult who is has so much packed into their into their day. So I I mean, we don't have a lot of time to play with that one. But I <laughs> I like to leave us with all with something to think about. Maybe as we we're more. as we're driving home, or we're sitting on the bus, or we're wandering the grocery store with pushing our cart around, yeah. you know what? We're filling our tank up with gas, or whatever it is, yeah. you know. Um, that that sometimes our perspective is the most powerful thing that we have, and a and a leap year always reminds me of that. It mm-hmm. it tickles me. It's like <laughs> we've got this extra unexpected day. extra day. What are you going to do with your unexpected day, Luca? I'm I'm running a reading circle, and I I called it the leap year reading circle. I'm doing it up in North Vancouver. Only it's, happens. It's, it's full, which is wonderful. Um, and I I've I've got space on my schedule actually for more reading circles. So if anybody would like to know more about that, I'm more than happy to have a chat with you about what's involved in it. And there's also mm-hmm. information on my website. And you've got your blossom co-housing project yep. is crossroad is community cooking. house is up it's running and if you're interested in being a support uh and increasing some grace around cat webb who is the uh house curatrix and working on filling the rooms and filling the workshop spaces with people who want to rent uh, either for short or long term or to run events um, you can find them on facebook Look up Crossroad Community House. You can use the hashtag. It'll it'll pop stuff up for you. Or you can look up the Blossom Co-Housing Project. That'll lead you to the same. And um, we're accepting furniture. We're accepting donations of time and energy, um, whether it be for distributing uh, pamphlet, uh, leaflets, flyers that go up around the city, or bringing in resources that could be useful for the house. We need curtains. We need furniture we mm. need um mm. be, uh, yeah all kinds, all kinds of, things. of things you can share it on facebook and get mm. the word out you might be a person who wants to move in you might know somebody yep. who wants to move in you might know somebody who wants to rent space mm-hmm. um 
all kinds of great opportunities there for grace. Yes, absolutely. And until next week. We wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 Happy, 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 happy. Boing, 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 boing,